Happy Sunday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pussy Church. I'm Lara, an erotic writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today we are back with the newest research into sexual fantasies. Who has them? What are they good for? And what are the most common sexual fantasies out there? Let's dive in. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pussy Church. And today, I'm here with... Aquaman. Aquaman is back. I'm so excited. We did not have um, um, a church session together last week. So this is really special that you're back. Thank you. Um, Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming as always. This is how I talk to my partners. I'm just like, thank you for coming. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I mean, um, I'm a little sick, actually, which listeners, you might be able to hear that in my voice. Um, It's not COVID, but it has been (laughs) a bit brutal. Um, But I was just talking to Aquaman before we got started about being horny and sick at the same time. (laughs) Yeah challenging challenging what a fucking strange thing to be dealing with honestly right? yeah and then also when to have sex even though you are sick right right horny is it actually gonna help you if you orgasm that it will help you build your immune system or is it gonna be you know exhausting you more <laughs> than it will actually give you any benefit you can feel obliterated physically right like uh... yeah i mean you're sweating you know, you should have like really slow sex. Right. But I like it a little, you know, <laughs> a little rougher sometimes. So that's yes. obviously not the way you're going to be able to do it. You're not going to be like marathon sex. No, no. Also, I don't know how hot it is for your partner sometimes, right? If you're like fully congested, <laughs> wanting to fuck. <laughs> I could relate to that. I have allergy problems, so I'm usually congested. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. No, but I mean, what would you think if your partner is, you know, pretty sick but wants to, you know, get down to business? I mean, I'd be, I'd be down. It's just like I have to really see how she feels, like physically. Is she like physically tired? Does she feel sore and like all beat yeah. up? Because then it might not be worth it to jump at it in the moment. Or, totally. I mean, you know, there's always the idea of light play, you know, it doesn't have to be a full on session. It could just be, you know, some foreplay, some touching, some, yeah. you know, oral. Totally. I mean, I think it also depends a little bit about, you know, if you're contagious. Sure, sure. <laughs> I also. Yeah, that's a big one. I forgot about that one. You know, I mean, I had sex a couple times without kissing so we wouldn't get each other sick but that's also so strange because you're already so close breathing on each other like what is it really gonna what's the difference but then I mean, the you proximity, become, yeah. as we did with covid become these like amateur virologists <laughs> 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 and we're like so i mean if we do a doggy style <laughs> it's way safer 
do you remember i mean that was a thing for like all these um i remember that yeah sex workers right do you yeah. <laughs> only doggy style and reverse cowgirl were allowed or some shit oh my god yeah I don't really think, I mean, if you're that close to somebody, it probably doesn't even matter anymore. But I just thought it was funny that I was even so, so horny, considering that I was really not in a good shape at all, you know? Because you, I've been, I've been sick before in a way where I really didn't want to be touched at all, where you just can't even think straight and you're like, please, I mean, sex is the last thing I can even imagine for myself. Yeah, but could it be part of it that you're right now in the feeling maybe a little bit like, you know, tired and sickly and want to feel a bit good and, 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 and yeah. you know, stimulated also because... Yeah, maybe be close to your partner and kind of like love. Intimacy. And like- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna call your booty call, right? If you're sick and like want to get laid, <laughs> she wouldn't want to come like, over. It's not worth it. I, exactly. They're like, I'm not invested enough for this risk. I don't want to get sick. You might have COVID. I don't trust tests. Obviously, if you're married or with somebody long term or in a serious relationship, I think it's fine to to take the risk of somebody being sick. Obviously, not with COVID, but like if they have a cold or, or something. Like. Well, there was actually like this funny thing. Um, the Australian prime minister was asked in a um, press conference last week, actually, or a couple of weeks ago. They were reading her like different um, listener questions or whatever, and she's live on TV, right? And one of the things was somebody wrote in that they had um, visited a hospital with a COVID patient and had sex with the COVID patient and left again. And her face became this like viral meme because she makes this like completely, utterly confused, disgusted uh, (laughs) face, you know, all these like expressions. And then she's basically just saying, she's like, well, listen, that's, uh, I'm not, she's something like, I'm not a scientist, but that's not the greatest idea. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's common sense too, right? I mean, wait a couple weeks. My God, who would go and have sex with with a COVID positive person? Some people like the risk, the rush of it. Well, yeah, that's a little bit like buck chasing. Do you remember that um, fetish thing? Well, it was kind of like, I think buck chasing is a little bit of a myth, but I think people actually did it. But it's the thing, (laughs) if people don't know, the idea is that um, um, there's a party, a sex party, and one person has HIV, but nobody knows who it is. That's so (laughs) fucked up. <laughs> the idea is that it gets people turned on to not know. Is there yeah. nothing else on the list you want to do? <laughs> on the list. <laughs> yeah, like go to a dom or something, right? Like I don't know. Fuck on a cliff if you want the adrenaline. Yeah. That's quite the adrenaline. Yeah, so I think like having sex with COVID involved is also a bit like bug chasing. It's just Yeah, you could ridiculous. spread the disease to other people. It's fucked up. Something yeah, but I think I mean I think any kind of sexual fetish that place with like seriously being injured and mortality, lethal situations, I feel like that, you know, it's not healthy. Clearly. I mean, if something puts your life Literally. in danger or other people's life in danger, like, I think that's exactly. a, a flag where you should, like, stop and think about it. Especially <laughs> if it's, like, an HIV yeah. thing or a COVID thing. Like, this is serious. I remember that, though. You remember um, being single during COVID, too, um, in moments where you're like, well, you have to kind of pick one person, right? Because you can't sleep around and then, like, put different people in this, no. in these situations especially when at home testing wasn't possible and all of these things true, true also when all the governments were saying right you have to pick like a sex buddy or something <laughs> 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 to not spread covid 
Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's difficult to not spread whatever you have if you're having sex. And we're not talking about STIs, but just any kind of viral, you know, infection. I mean, if it's a cold, it's one thing. And but like HIV or COVID, like you're talking about another level of a thousand percent. Yeah. 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 It's a whole other level of risk factor, like deadlier, much deadlier. People get colds all the time. Oh, let's do our prayers really quick. Of course. Blessed Peter Pussy. He has risen. May she open to your touch. Amen. Amen. And now, and now we're going to go to the gospel. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is the gospel, sex news. And today we're going to talk about um, sexual fantasies. Mm-hmm. And sexual fantasies, obviously, as we all know them, are <laughs> fantasies that involve sex. Really, um, anything, you know, that's also can be aided for, by movies, audio, books, or just past experiences or things that you completely make up in your mind, right? Sure, sure. Um, and sexual fantasies can be lived and unlived. Um, and the Kinsey report from the sixties, right. Um, had a lot of groundbreaking research involving, um, sexual fantasies and social moral code regarding sexual fantasies. And this year, 2021, a new research was done by Canivet, Baldock and Godbo. And they, um, were trying to get like a finer understanding of the varieties of sexual fantasies, Right. Wow. Um, so they did this whole research in North America. Half were women and 44% were men and the remainder was non-binary. They said like 43% said they were heterosexual, 20% homosexual and 20% bisexual. And the rest also in additional categories, right? So this is kind of like the setup of demographic. Yes. So there's four different narratives, main narratives of sexual fantasy, right? One is a romantic fantasy. One is a fantasy of dominance. One is a fantasy of submission. And one of sexual violence. Those are the four main ones. And so, crazy, yeah? Um, And participants were asked about sexual arousal and discomfort after each narrative. Sure. But they also surveyed sexual compulsivity childhood sexual abuse, romantic attachment style. And with all these different, basically, findings that put together a new way of framing sexual fantasy, right? So here are a few of the findings. With the romantic fantasy, 58% said they were sexually aroused. And I think 89% said they had low discomfort level. Low mean? discomfort level from the romantic fantasy? Low discomfort, meaning it didn't like, nothing like made them feel weird about it, I guess. Okay. But if it's a romantic fantasy, let's say it's two people, let's just make this up really quick, having a romantic dinner on the beach by themselves and then maybe stealing off after dessert and walk along the beach and then laying down in the moonshine on the sand and having slow missionary romantic sex where they whisper into each other's ears how much they love each other. Okay, so maybe that's traumatic for some people, I guess. 
Yeah, but only 58% found that arousing, and then 89% weren't disturbed by it. (laughs) (laughs) Then the submission, submission masochism. Okay. 54% were aroused by this um, fantasy. Let's say submission masochism would have been like being tied up on the bed, right? And being like maybe flogged with a flogger. Sure. And 77% didn't have great discomfort. So that means 23% were uncomfortable with that. (laughs) Okay. And now we have dominant sadism. Like that would be just a reversal. You are a dom. You are flogging somebody and chaining somebody to a bed, let's say. 40% 40% found that arousing. So actually really? less people found that arousing than being submissive. Oh, wow. And people here, don't like control. Yeah, and 34% found it uncomfortable, that fantasy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and sexual violence, <laughs> 22% found arousing. And 75% found it uncomfortable. Interesting. Wow. Huh? Yeah. I mean, the last one makes sense, but the the submissive dumb, I feel like there's like the results contradict a little bit because if so many people don't like to have control, how many so how come so many people who don't like to have control uh, like the idea mm. and they feel discomfort from it? You know, it feels like in general submission is more tolerated and more liked than dominance. Mm-hmm. domination maybe goes into the direction of sexual violence for some people already so maybe that's why they're more uncomfortable with it right if you are in the role of the aggressor mm-hmm. maybe that's a little bit more uncomfortable than being the person chained to the bed <laughs> i don't know apparently sure. so these were kind of like the findings for the sexual fantasies and all together they were looking at a four class model meaning four categories um, of sexual fantasies, mm-hmm. right? Sure. The first category is indifferent. The largest class, almost 40%, was characterized by lower arousal and discomfort towards all scenarios. Interesting. So most people didn't really like any sexual fantasies given to them from the outside. I mean, Isn't the that... porn statistics kind of prove otherwise too, right? I mean, so strange, right? Right. Here then, then they say... The second one is romantic, covering about 22%. Those in in this group reported low arousal and higher discomfort to all the scenarios except the romance narrative, for which averages were 68% aroused and 79% lower absent discomfort. Uh, There was a higher proportion of women here, 60%. Sure. The biggest group wasn't into any sexual fantasies, really. The second most liked fantasy was romantic fantasies and it was more women that would actually maybe go into the realm of like maybe why audio porn resonates with women more i would think sure you know i mean maybe complexity imagination yeah yeah the imagination and also maybe that romantic element of um and love making can turn you on more mm. yeah absolutely yeah sex sex can be so good in so many ways obviously i mean i enjoyed great sex with people i don't know that well but i think there's something really to be said about sex when you're really in love with somebody i think so i think it elevates it to a whole other realm and then it's not about technique or like who gives the best blowjob or 
you know, <laughs> who is the biggest stick, like all these things kind of fall away completely if you have that intense emotional connection on top of it, I feel like. Do, do, do you have men that you see ask you about other people's cock sizes when, that you've been with? Let me think if people ask. Is it like something that comes up when you're talking about sex with? Nearly ever. Nearly really? ever. No, I mean, guys don't really ask like, hey, how do I compare? I feel like also the age bracket I'm dating, I think everybody's kind of aware of their size in comparison to other people or other guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't think about that. I mean, I feel like the guys who have like, I don't know, larger penises kind of know. It's relevant to size, right, though? Like, this doesn't depend on the size and height. And... I don't know. I mean, I slept once with this um, <laughs> MBA. Slept. I mean, I had, like, a thing with this guy for a little bit. He was an MBA player, and he was seven foot. I mean, ridiculously tall. And I thought it was kind of funny because I think it wasn't really in relation. I mean, his dick size. I think he had, like, a normal, maybe normal sized dick but he had looked a little smaller on him because he was so tall okay you know so it didn't go in relation to his body which is so strange interesting shout out (laughs) what what i don't know okay um anyways next one enthusiastic about one quarter were in this group with higher arousal and lower discomfort towards all scenarios. (laughs) So these people are just they love any kind of sexual they're just down with anything. Oh, yeah, they're, like, totally into romantic. They're into submissive, into dominant, and maybe even sexual violence. They're just, like... Um, but also, this group apparently had higher rates of sexual compulsivity. Sure, makes sense. Because they're, yeah. they're jumping to anything. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're just, in general, like, really into fucking, I guess. Yeah. Do they have listed out what is the violence scenario? No, you can't see it. I'll, I'll see if I I'm can I'm curious. Like, it. is it like smacking and spanking? Or is it like you're getting ra- raped, like role be- play, or, or getting, like, there's needles? Like, I, I'm curious. I would think it's more like a rape fantasy, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I think. Or like, is there punching? Is there no punching? Is it just smacking? Like, I'm just curious, because the range can be so big. If there is such a high percentage of people, which I think is still relatively a high percentage that were appealed to that, Maybe it's more subdued or it's like BDSM, but they categorize it as violence. I mean, I'm curious. Oh, well, here it. it says it. So I looked up more about the details of what they were asked. And yes, it does say sexual violence, quote unquote, rape fantasies. Yeah. Okay. Quite a lot of people have that fantasy. Yes. 20 something I mean. percent, obviously, out of. Well, no, actually higher, I guess, in the percentage of women, which are 60. So I guess higher than 20-something percent in that pool of 100 uh, are interested in rape fantasy. I mean, or at least um, turned on by it, you know? Sure. Um, Like have a feeling of arousal. Um, So here is our fourth group that's dissonant. While this group favored the romantic scenario, their sexual arousal and discomfort appeared potentially contradictory. Um, for example, they tended to be both aroused and uncomfortable with sadistic fantasies. Oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. There were a higher proportion of women here, also 60%. 
um, and somewhat higher rates of sexual compulsivity. That's interesting. So these yeah. people, I feel like they shame themselves for their own fantasies, right? Mm -hmm. They are aroused by masochism or sadism, but they're also uncomfortable that they are aroused by it. Interesting, yeah. Uh-huh. Wild. No, totally wild, I think. Yeah. So these are the four categories really summed up in layman's terms now, I think. Not really into sexual fantasies at all. They don't get you going. Second biggest group would be into romantic sexual fantasies. That might be a good um, indicator for why your romance novels are so popular and sell so well <laughs> with women especially enthusiastic is just people who like like any kind of sexual fantasy as long there's as there is sex in it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and then dissonant is people who shame themselves for the things that they find arousing wow where do you fall into you think i don't know i feel like i don't I mean, obviously, I'm more of a dom, but I don't fantasize about being a dom, nor do I fantasize about being submissive. Also, mm -hmm. romance is not something that I fantasize about because I feel there's a very thin line between healthy romance or uh, unrealistic romance. And I think I'd like to live it in my day-to-day -day life if I am seeing someone rather than mm. fantasize about it. Um, violence, no. I mean, I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, not not interested in rape fantasy, no. Yeah, I mean, rape fantasy is really something. To, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before. We went through different theories on where that comes from. I thought one of was mainly about being desired, you know, being desired so intensely that somebody will go lengths to get you. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting, I, I never had thought about that before until we went into the research um, regarding rape fantasies. Obviously, you know, sexual violence um, fantasies are also connected with a higher rate of sexual, sexual abuse. Um, sure. But I mean, I think for me, sexual, sexual fantasies are so interesting because I think there's such a great space to explore yourself right because there's so there's so much um room to kind of explore things that you might not even want to try in real life true and you don't have to so what we're also going to look at now really quickly one more research that came out in 2018 mm -hmm. about the most common sexual fantasies okay right? so we're gonna look at the seven main categories Okay. So, okay, number one, multi-partner sex. That makes a lot of sense to me. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, threesomes, foursomes, yeah. group sex, yeah. Harem. Orgies, gangbangs, reverse gangbang, whatever. But I've done, I've done like several Q&As on my account regarding sexual fantasies, right? Yes. Um, and people, so many people did group sex. I mean... So many people want to have threesomes and experience that aspect of it. And I always, it's in, interesting because it seems like not a lot of people have experienced it before. I mean, it's, I mean, but I think it would be very difficult, right? Like, I mean, who you would approach to build like a threesome or a foursome or an orgy for that matter. Like, it's tricky to get that together and find the right group of people that line up there, you know. Totally they're into what you're into or want to follow certain procedures or safe word yeah. or whatever it may be like. Yeah. And I feel like also within a relationship, it's often difficult, right? 
Um, are you going to open your relationship for that um, group sex experience? What does that mean for your relationship if you're in a monogamous relationship? If you're in a poly relation, polyamorous relationship, what does that mean for your relationships? What are the rules? Right. So there's so much to do where as just fantasizing about it is probably a lot easier. <laughs> right. I mean, because also polyamory right? can, be, can be a very thin line of emotional attachment or is it just physical or, you know what I mean? Like, because some people want to have multiple partners that uh, they have an emotional connection with or they're, they're in love with multiple people. So that could be, yeah. I mean, nowadays, especially the, the identifying the line of multiple partners or that fantasy comes with a yeah. list of, you know, a checklist that you have to go through to make sure totally. everybody's happy or satisfied or safe or comfortable you know like there's many variables now versus before people would just jump at it yes yeah for sure and i think this is um where you can also live your fantasy with your partner in um maybe even in dirty talk and maybe in about fantasy creation with your partner instead of like real life right you can have you can talk through a fantasy with um, a third person or like what would this person to do to your partner or whatever you know if you don't want to go and take that step of like maybe doing it in bed you know or bringing somebody else into the, the bedroom sure or you can go on t like tinder or whatever and actually go as a couple and find something yes people have done this i mean people have done this people do this quite a lot <laughs> of course of course it makes sense yeah the second fantasy is power control or rough sex all right bondage discipline dominant submission bdsm so basically well our typical <laughs> typical, typical thursday evening uh, yeah exactly no but they're saying fantasies like Daddy and stepdaughter, professor, student, boss and employee, you know, role play. all these role plays fall into this category, all these fantasies, right? Yeah, yeah. Banking, whipping, humiliation and more. This is what they're saying. So this makes sense. I think even with pop culture and Fifty Shades of Grey and like this being introduced as something more and more acceptable and normal, quote unquote, for the average, you know, person in bed. Again, I mean, I think if you if you start doing some BDSM play, um, right, just be aware of like how this is normally set up by people who do it a lot. People set up safe words. They walk mm -hmm. or they talk through often like kind of the experiences or if somebody is like afraid of certain things. So how is this going to work? And you can talk about your boundaries. And, you know, yeah. I always think this is the most dangerous if somebody just starts doing bdsm without all of these things you know <laughs> no really that's not okay you can't do that i know well so this is the second most common so okay we had multiple partner sex power control or rough sex is the second one and the third one is novelty adventure and variety yeah uh, sex on a beach or mountaintop boning on an airplane bathroom or wearing a butt plug to dinner this is less about coming really hard and it's more about doing it in a weird place um, or doing something that like seems naughty, I feel like. Yes. Yes. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's harmless. It's light. Harmless. Harmless fun. Because <laughs> we were talking about fun. sexual violence earlier. Seriously, this is all very harmless what we are talking about here. <laughs> Those things are fun, right? If you, if you start playing in a different kind of way, if you're saying... 
you know, we can maybe take the sex out of the bedroom or we incorporate new toys. Like all of these things will make it new for you and maybe novel. Yeah, of course. That really depends on the kind of sex you're having too a little bit though, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have a partner where you don't really need to have these experiences. And then sometimes part of that sex life with your partner is that it's always novel and something crazy happens. True, true. But neither is like worse than the other or something or better than the other. No, it depends on your flow. It depends on what gets you off, you know. And when how the two of you connect too, no? Because I think yeah. same with dirty talk. I think if somebody's really good at dirty talk, um, then it's really fun to have that as part of the relationship. But I don't necessarily need it from every partner, you know? Me neither. Especially during sex, like if we're texting or if we're hanging it out, I like it. But if we're having sex, I don't need dirty talk. I'm already horny. I'm already hard, <laughs> solid. She doesn't need to mention that you're hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need this step by step. She doesn't need to tell you how big your dick is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to feel like I'm going to come. Like, I don't need all that, no. I mean, it's fine if you if that gets you off, but I I usually like the 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 breathing, the process, the meditation of it. I think sometimes it's fun. I like a little bit of dirty talk, but it doesn't need to be extensive. It always depends. That's what I'm saying. It depends. It always depends. It depends on the person and the situation and stuff. I totally think so. Okay, next fantasy: non-monogamy. Uh-huh. Open relationships, polyamory, swinging. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a common masturbation fodder for folks in monogamous relationships. Yeah. Maybe cheating. Yeah. Um, others fantasize about their partners sleeping with others, cuckolding. I mean, I've always wondered about that fantasy, okay? Like the mm -hmm. non-monogamy part. Yeah. And I wonder what percentage of people do it while still like favoring their partner that they're sleeping with. Like they enjoy their time with them. They enjoy sleeping with them, but exploring others versus people that are interested in pursuing other experiences that they can't have with their current partner. Ah, uh, that's so interesting. Yes. Because that's a very different framing. Right. Because I, yes. I think it works for both type of type of types of people, but I'd love to yeah. hear what people's experiences like or how they feel about their current partner as in relevance. Mm -hmm. I mean, are they pursuing it because they're into a kink and their current partner is against it for whatever reason? Or is it, oh, I love my partner. It's the best, but I still need more. But I think that's maybe with, what polyamory is kind of a little bit about, right? Yeah. I love my partner um, so much so. I want to give them the opportunity to explore outside of this, right, as well. Um, and then come back to me or the other way around. And I think, obviously, if you're just unhappy in your relationship and you're fantasizing about other people because the sex life with your current partner is shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, very different fantasy. Then I don't think the fantasy is really about the non-monogamy and it's just mainly about you're not being happy about your partner and you're having whatever fantasy, you know? Yeah, but it's the cheating kind of fantasy, right, in a way? I mean, you also no. hide it. Some people get off on that. Like, they're just doing it and they're hiding it and they're just being hush-hush. And... Yeah, it's true. And I mean, I think also... I don't think people should judge themselves too much on like fantasies of non-monogamy. Sure. You know what I mean? Because our sexuality is so fluid. And if you have a fantasy with another person or you have a sex dream with another person than your partner, it doesn't mean that you want to 
cheat or that you're unhappy with your partner. It just means that your sexuality expresses itself in so many different ways. So don't judge yourself for that. If you're really unhappy with your partner, you know, really question that. It, you maybe take a moment and be like, am I happy with where I'm at? But um, Typically a sign, yeah. It could be, and but it doesn't have to be. Sure. And also, I think it's kind of an easy fix to go outside of your relationship sometimes, right? Because, you know, chances are that you haven't really explored deeply with your partner. Sure. Or as deep as you can. And yeah, it'd be, it'd be easier to just go and fuck somebody else. Because in the beginning, it might be more exciting. But you'll hit the same point again and again in a relationship probably if you don't address how you're intimate with a person in general or with yourself yeah do you feel there's but, an element of narcissism uh when somebody's polyamorous no not polyamorous narcissism i mean i don't know depending on how you do it because i feel like they're often very honest and i think if two people are in it and like it then it's totally okay it's great ethical. yeah it's healthy yeah yeah ethical non-monogamy right if one person only does it because the other one would otherwise leave them that's not ethical <laughs> no that's but that's also obvious not uh convoluted too you know in the sense that it's pretty straightforward how yeah. that would be set up yeah yeah totally it's kind of difficult i mean i feel like if you really love your partner and something in your sex life might be a little stagnant there's so many ways to explore together before going outside of your relationship, if you yes. want to stay monogamous. So many things to try and like be more intimate with yourself and with each other in so many ways. So yeah, I agree. Kind of thing. Oh, we have two more fantasies. Mm -hmm. Taboo and forbidden sex. That's foot fetishes, <laughs> armpit fetishes. Um, in a lot of ways, things that you think are really taboo to talk about. Yeah. I mean, for some people, that's anal. For some people, that's defecation, right? <laughs> like, sure, sure. Depends on the range I think the, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the lines are so different. And like, there's so many found, lines. Yeah. And people have such different boundaries. You know, I mean, we've talked about this. Like, what's your hard no? Your hard no could be anal. Your hard no could be doggy. Like, who fucking knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or like blowjobs. Maybe you really don't want to give a blowjob. That's a hard no. Okay. That's a tough one. I know. But I mean, for me, a hard no is defecation, you know, so I'm yeah. definitely somewhere completely different. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, and we talked about this before, right? Like what our hard no's are. And um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, all of these things about forbidden taboo sexual practices, right? Because really what we get into, like if it's really forbidden and like, illegal then we get into sexual violence right we would get into pedophilia um Ugh. necrophilia all of these things that are really prohibited right sure these fantasies illegal, yeah. illegal non-consensual <laughs> you know what i mean Fucked up. i mean yes really really disturbing um and since i'm not a sex therapist it's very difficult to say and i think every person is different too why these things happen right True. Um, and last but not least is passion and romance. Now we are back at it. <laughs> <laughs> the favorite, the favorite one. Long walks on the beach, candlelit dinners, eye contact during lovemaking. Listen, nothing bad about a romantic fuck. You know? No. It's fantastic. 
I do not condo- uh, condemn it. One thing I have to say is I don't masturbate to a candlelit dinner. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, like when you fantasize, you mean? When I masturbate and I fantasize about something, I do not fantasize about okay. him getting my chair. Like, it's not <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm not getting off right now. Oh, my God. I'm getting so wet. He's opening the door. Uh, well, let me ask you this. If you if you go to a guy's place, let's say he has, like, some nice music on and he has, like, rose petals and candles lit. Like, he wants mm-hmm. to be romantic. And he uses yes. your Would that get you wet or would that be inside your conscious more like okay this is cute but really corny and i think it depends on how it's framed who the person is you know what yeah I mean? but think if about I... it like that the setup would that get you off would that feel make you feel special or would that make you feel like okay this is corny do the rose petals say something funny or <laughs> no they're just like sprinkled like it's so like delicate and soft. it's like soft it's like a I lot mean, of candles you know, and soft. I'm, I'm a little bit of a sucker. If I'm like super in love with that person, I mean, it's not it's not going to be a, a thing that will make me want to fuck you. But if I already want to fuck you and I'm super into you, I'll, I'll be okay with it. <laughs> Don't be weird on the first date. <laughs> but I was, I was thinking more the like somebody you time. like fucking. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I think romance is more in paying attention to your partner and doing things that are in relation to the things you learn about your partner, you know? Sure. I think that's romantic. When somebody remembers something you like or um, if they make a plan and room for you in their schedule and if they know you know, what you've mentioned before and then do that. I think these things are very romantic and very specific to a partner. If you just do something that you read in a book, you know, it might not be as special. Yeah, or you watched in a movie because I'm sure yeah. I'm sure a lot of people try to get ideas that way. But yeah, I think in, in essence, it becomes very um, redundant, right? I mean, yes. every person wants to feel And you want to feel special. Yeah, yeah special. Exactly. <laughs> like if let's say you're obsessed with your partner's obsessed with gummy bears, you should sprinkle gummy bears on the bed, not rose petals, you know? Oh my God, can you imagine? It'd be so funny. <laughs> It'd be romantic for sure because it's like very poignant to the person that's rather true. than oh the typical like two long candles and like well let's get the gummy bears out baby let's get the gummies bring those gummies like everywhere sprinkle them everywhere she walks oh. in she looks at the gummy bears oh my god well you guys i'm actually gonna ask i think after this show comes out i'm gonna ask again about sexual fantasies and you can also write us and tell us yours It'd be super interesting to see where you fall in in these categories and what is your favorite one i guess to like jerk off to or <laughs> I don't know <laughs> or get you off or... yeah to dream about and now and now we're gonna go to confessions 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 and <laughs> confessions is questions from you guys and stories and answers from us Um, and I have a few and you have a couple as well so let's get this party started here i have from a guy if a guy doesn't come not can't but just doesn't come is that a big deal for a girl if she came hmm good question i've i've had 
negative experiences more often than what not. does that mean a negative experience the um my partner in the time would feel um they're not good enough or they're not doing a good job and they feel a little frustrated that i'm not coming and they really want me to come because they uh orgasm a couple of times and they're feeling good and they want to get me off but i'm turned mm. on but i'm just not coming and uh yeah. it could be it could be a, a a sour spot for sure yeah yeah, it's interesting. I think it really depends on um, maybe how secure you feel with your partner or whatever, you know, because I feel or about like yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. I think you're right. Um, if I came and he's not coming, listen, if if we are sleeping together a lot or if we're dating or we're a couple, you know, um, that's totally fine. You know, you don't have to come every time. And like, sometimes it's like this and sometimes it's like that. Sometimes I don't come. Sometimes you don't come. I think that'd be totally fine for me. Mm-hmm. When it's the first time that you're sleeping with somebody, I think it's a bit different. Sure. It's to be expected for sure. There's more pressure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's more confusion on like why it didn't happen or was something not okay or did they not enjoy it? Yeah. compared to a partner you sleep with a lot you know and then it's just this one time where something is a little off yeah but i think especially in the beginning of a relationship it will make somebody a little insecure about what's actually going on if we don't talk about it totally i agree because it, i mean performance anxiety is a thing also if let's say you're fucking for a while and the same like in the same position or you're getting oral like your sensation can get lost like there's so many variables people sometimes get too in their head about it which also could cause erectile dysfunction and the inability to stay hard uh, which happens more often than men realize yeah but the other way around it seems to be pretty okay for a lot of dudes apparently i mean i haven't experienced this so much when a girl doesn't come <laughs> but they came <laughs> i'm the opposite like i i don't get off if my partner doesn't come like i never come first oh really so if she, she if she doesn't come you just don't come either and no i just night? keep she usually comes and we just keep at it till she comes and then okay what if she what if let's say scenario what if she just doesn't if she just can't tonight, you know, like somehow she, just her body won't let her. Um, Would that make you feel uncomfortable? Uh, it depends if it's, if it's, I mean, if she's, if she's, let's say something triggered her or whatever, then yeah, I, would love, I think we would have to stop and talk and see what's going on. Mm, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never experienced that with somebody that I was sleeping with regularly. I've experienced that maybe on the first time I slept with someone where they struggled to come because they were nervous or for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, But usually if I sleep with someone regularly, I never had an experience where they never came at some point. Yeah. 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 One way or another. I think, you know, and if you don't, you can also talk about it. You know, I mean, I think it's fine to take that pressure out of it is probably best for all. (laughs) people involved and to not take it so personally okay let's see next question i have here Mm -hmm. okay this is a question and a confession this person says i don't know if it's a woman or a man Mm -hmm. i can't get aroused from normal sex 
being dominated gets me fully aroused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the question is. Maybe she or he's asking why that happens to them, which is really difficult to know. I can't really say that clearly. So, I mean, there's quite a lot of people who have fetishes that those fetishes are the only way to get them aroused, right? Yes. So it's not uncommon. I wonder, I mean, depending on what relationship you're in, if if BDSM is a big part of your sex life with your partner, then you're probably fine with this situation, I would think. If you're not, maybe maybe it's difficult when you meet new people. And you have to explain that, right? And maybe they're not into BDSM, but you like them as a person and you need to kind of figure out and navigate your sex life with them. That's definitely, I think that's the right answer because it's not just something you jump into. You really have to be open, discuss it with your other partner because people, everybody involved has to be comfortable and open uh, depending on everybody's tolerance level or what they're essentially seeking. So yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, I think if you're concerned about where it stems from or, you know, going to a therapist and talking a little bit about your sexual experiences is probably, you know, it's a good way to start as well. Because it's very difficult without um, much detail to kind of like tell you why this is happening or um, what to do about it. I'm not sure if you want to change it or if this is something that you're comfortable with, right? If this creates tension in your relationships or if it creates something um, joyous or joyful. So it's a bit difficult to say. I mean, clearly I can see it being it being difficult sometimes um, with a new partner. Mm-hmm. Same, oh, totally. time, same time, there's also like FetLife, for example, that big online forum for BDSM enthusiasts. You can find people <laughs> who are into similar things than you or the opposite, you know what I mean, of the same yeah. coin um, to to kind of get that fix or to find a partner who also is in this world. Totally. Because you might want to find somebody who's dominant in bed in order to feel fulfilled in your sexual relationship with your partner. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for, but I think that is yeah, more... That's true. It's more the conversation, you know? Like, I think yeah. it's good to explore something to know where you stand on it. And I think people should be open to that. Uh, even with totally. your significant other. And uh, it's not easy at first, but it's always worth a try. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can um, send us a few more details if you'd like to, so that we can go into more detail about your question or what the question really is about your um, your fetish. Inquiry, and, yeah. And, yeah. But um, let's see a few of the things that you got, Aquaman. Sure. Uh, let's pull them up. I've got a lot more, but we'll do them next time. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the questions I was asking, like about, I was posting a question on Instagram stories about people uh, and um, asking about what they would like us to talk about in the next episode. And um, one of the questions we, or one of the questions we, inquiries we got is like, I was recently asked what the quote unquote end game for of polyamory is, and I am poly, but I don't know endless love for all question mark the end game wouldn't you think that the end game is just to find a relationship that fulfills you on several levels and if that means being polyamorous that would be the end game 
I mean, I don't know. I think you, this is not about converting other people to your no. um, sexual preference. I mean, I think this is always the biggest misconception about polyamory and monogamy. Yes. No, I think uh, this person is obviously like people around because this person sees multiple people, uh, people around her are talking about like, okay, so how long do you want to do this for? Or is it like, what exactly are you oh. looking for? Oh, the end game as in like your relationship. Well, what's the goal here? I think that's what she's being asked. And to her, it's like, mm. I don't know, is it endless love? Um, but I think, I mean, polyamory is a lot to juggle. I, pers I personally have um, tried poly uh being in poly relationships and it's 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 very energy and time consuming oh yeah i mean it is it is the ultimate hobby <laughs> and lifestyle i mean it will take over your life for sure time for that yes time and commitment and so i mean i think the end game would just be like find a form of relationship that makes you happy and fulfilled and that is all people need to know Really, if they ask you what the end game is, you're just like, I'm living a fulfilling relationship. Yeah. There's nothing else that you have to explain to people than that. As long as you know yourself why you're you're exactly. in this journey, you know? Is yes. it something that you want to do long term? Is it something that you're exploring? Um, I think it's healthy to ask those questions to So everybody involved is also in a healthy, safe place with you. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's good to think about it and feel it out too. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more from you. Last but not least. Okay. Uh, this one I think was interesting. Um, the, I think they weren't asking directly uh, a question, but they're saying in sexual situations and battling erectile dysfunction, is it about enjoying the ride versus stressing about it? Um, while this person erectile is dysfunction. erectile dysfunction, yeah, this person is apparently been with a partner that um, they enjoy sleeping with them, but their partner is very self-conscious about their erectile dysfunction. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, you know, erectile dysfunction can be a symptom of a lot of different things. Yeah. So it would be kind of interesting to know where it's coming from, right? This can be induced by stress, by medication, by insecurities, <laughs> by nerves, um by a disease, by age. So it's a bit difficult to say. Yeah. yeah, a bit difficult to say where you're at and why it's happening. Um, I think in order to address that, we'll need to know why it's happening, right? Or for the person uh, to know first, yeah, because obviously it doesn't seem like they understand why. That'd be also like a sex therapist situation, theoretically, sure. you know what I mean? Or a medical situation. Um, I mean, you know, people who take um, antidepressant, for example, often have problems, be, you know, being erect um, or aroused. So, so many different ways that this can go. I, um, I think as long as you're open um, and vulnerable with your partner and you can talk about these things and make them feel secure with you, right? You're not going to leave them for not being hard all the time. Um, and we can, and finding different ways to communicate with each other and relate to each other in order to help, right? 
Yes. Um, and also maybe there is like something like you said even earlier about when I was talking about being horny and sick, you don't just have to fuck, you know, or have to have sex. You can just hang out and like touch and cuddle and like play with be, toys. Yeah. And be playful with each other without a goal at all. Yeah. I think the pressure, I mean, there's so many reasons obviously for erectile dysfunction, right? Like could be diabetes, could be blood pressure. It could be, drug use it could be age i mean age is one of the common things because they do studies and they find the percentage depending on the age group ranges from ranges from like four percent to like 77 percent the older you get so it's it's a challenge and i think that if you make your partner feel that hey you know i'm satisfied even when this happens and i don't want you to feel like that's bothering me or anything and you're open with them about it i think that will give them a lot more confidence and and openness to not feel so hateful against themselves for not being able to stay hard because it is a common problem communication is key like we always say you know yeah always well thank always. you everybody for joining us today thank you for listening oh, everyone. For coming to church um please send us your questions um, feedback let us know um, what sexual fantasies you're having or if you have any questions for us to be read on air we're always excited to um, yes. to hear from you and Aquaman how can people find you online and send you nodding messages <laughs> uh, find me on Instagram um, at Aquaman XOX and I'm joking about the naughty messages you know girls <laughs> behave yourself hey naughty's okay. naughty yeah. Oh, amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pussy Church Podcast. And make sure to check out my interview show, Pillow Talk, where I chat with my favorite erotic creators and play truth or dare with them. If you like today's show, please, please, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. See you next Sunday.